watch uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I haven't seen the last picture. Ah, so. uh, fantastic! Oh, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I watched it. It's very good. It's good up to the last bit, so we watched the last bit. Ah, yeah. I sure thought it was important to watch the last bit, isn't it, Jim? Unless it's urban weather <laughs> <or> crime. <laughs> well, it, it tried on a bit, in fairness. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> we are back. Oh, sorry, we're back. Welcome to Junk Dilemmas, an Urban Welsh podcast. Happy New Year, James. <laughs> Is it that long? I can't believe that we're at the 2022. Oh, the last time we recorded... Uh, Nelson we Mandela were, was alive. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't go that far, but the, the war in Ukraine hadn't started. Alright. Lockdown restrictions were still in place. Still in place. And uh, I think United had won a match. Unlikely, unlikely. I think Ollie was still in charge last time we recorded. Ollie Purcell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you just name drop people that only me and you would know and possibly one or the person who listens to this. <laughs> well, that's enough for me. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose. Are you going to apologise to our listeners as to why we haven't recorded? So well, it's supposed to be your fault. Mm. Well, partly, yeah. I suppose, first of all, you hadn't finished the book till about February. There wasn't any pressure on me. <laughs> true enough, true enough. Yeah. And then you had the trots for... I did, several months really, with uh, several trot problems, so uh, what can you do, you know? Fuck all. Yeah, we th- Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, it's a balmy June after evening, sorry. <laughs> a sweat stripping down a her back. night. <laughs> yeah, so here we are. We're, we're back to talk about uh, porno. Not in general, just the book, the right the sequel to Trainspotting. I think porn is something you should uh, get into yourself. I don't think you should be sharing that with others. Well, you know, each to their own. But I suppose, while I think of it, we must do some uh, Welsh news. <laughs> I'm not going to add in any special effects for that, so they're just going to hear you doing that. Well, yeah. It's quite a lot of Welsh news, in fairness, since we last spoke. Um, is there? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm, on top. I'm abreast of this, don't you worry. There's loads. But well, first and foremost, he got engaged. Did he? Yeah. He was a lucky man. I thought he was already married, but oh, there you go. <laughs> Obviously, he's uh, been married and been divorced and is engaged again. I've seen that on uh, Instagram, I believe. So. All right. Who's the lucky woman? Uh, yeah, it's a woman, yeah. That's about all I can tell you. <laughs> she has blonde hair. She, uh... <laughs> I don't know. All right. <laughs> it's not... No. No. Alright. But uh, who knows? I mean, your neighbor if, if, we, if we keep going to where we're going, we might get invited. Mm. Say we will. Even to the stag would be nice, wouldn't it? So I'd have some heads at that. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Robertson and uh, what Bruce, was his name? Bruce Crawler. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was his mate that he brought to Amsterdam? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I love you, bros. <laughs> I can't remember his oh, name. What was his name? Christ. Bunty was the was the wife. Yeah, Bunty will do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he's getting married. Um. He's got a new book coming out in August. Another one. Yes. To it's read. entitled "The Long Knives" and it is a sequel to Crime. All right. So he's actually said that it's going to be the second part in a crime trilogy. Now That's I would have thought crime. I would have thought that the crime trilogy started with Filt. Yeah. That's how it's the same. You know, it's a sequel, but. Mm. Apparently not. It's only there'll be another one again after that. So he's going full whack on the old Ray Lennox. Raymondo. So uh that'll be out in 
August. So I reckon we try and read crime before that so that we can do the long knives. Yeah. Yeah. Should we still have to do the film and it's not? Ah, yeah. That won't take long. That's good. Yeah. We have to do the film of uh, Trainspotting 2. We have to do the crime TV show. I've watched that. Well, yeah, I know. But we have to talk about it. Yeah, that's definitely wrong. Uh-huh. And uh, we have to <laughs> read crime and talk about that. It's, it's a bumper summer for it really is. Irvin. All I'm asking you to do, James, is go off and read a book about paedophiles and we'll be sorted. <laughs> it's not much. <laughs> uh, what else do we have, Welsh news boys? Oh yeah, there's two stage productions back up and running, or at least one is back up and running and one is debuting both, uh, at the Edinburgh Festival in August as well. Uh, Trainspotting Live, which I have seen. It's you fantastic. That, would I wouldn't mind. I, I think we should go. I, we go, I, as long as you don't have to watch the fucking play. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a play. Trust me, it's not a play. It's it's wacky. It's in your face. It's got naked butt cheeks. Stuff Male like that. Female. Oh, both really. That's <laughs> oh, really good. That's on in Edinburgh. And so is a stage production of Porno. Porno. Yeah. So I, I, I think we should go to it. I'll take this opportunity live on air to, to propose <laughs> this to you, James. Yeah, let's go. Should be a bit of crack. Mm. I might look into it. Who knows? Maybe we'll get free tickets now that we've plugged them on air. We definitely will. Because that worked a, a charm with that book. Why, what, what, are we, what were we looking for? Remember the book I was trying to get? Well, that should. You're better <laughs> off. <anyway. laughs> it's gone down. It's gone down in price. I might actually buy it now. How much is it? 35 for sterling. For what? It's a, it's a, it's a really... Good book. Of what? Ah, you know, pictures and words. What's the book about? It's about fucking train spot. I showed it. It's, it's, it's a collector's item. Oh, is Never. it just the actual book repackaged? No, no, it's not the book train spot and it's about the film. So it's all like never seen, never seen, seen before uh, pictures oh, and interviews and, and stuff and like and that. Well, black Pe- and white yeah. color, all the formats Spoken really. Insane, you know, yeah. yeah. Anyway. 35 quid. Much was it? 70 something like that she's a job to pretty quick isn't it <laughs> must be going well and that's why I'll strike when he's exactly. well, if, if, they you, if they had to give you the free book think of the sales who knows the plugs that we could have given them huh exactly so yeah that's the. I think that's all the Welsh news oh yeah and The Long Knives the sequel to Crime is going to be made into the TV series Crime 2 Crime 2 indeed he reckons it's got the quickest kind of adaptation made from one of his books in, oh, in good, history. Yeah. Well, some of them have been good and some of them have not been good, some as we know. <laughs> a lot of them have not been great. Maybe really? Speed will, will make, it, make it be better. What? Maybe doing so quick will make it be better. Maybe so, yeah. They're probably thinking about too much farting around. Indeed. Uh, let's get into porno. The synopsis. Ten years on from Trainspotting, Sick Boy is back in Edinburgh after a long spell in London. Having failed spectacularly as a hustler, pimp, husband, father and businessman, he taps into an opportunity which to him represents one last throw the dice. However, to realise his dream of directing and producing a pornographic movie, Sick Boy must team up with his old pal and fellow exile Mark Renton. In the world of porno, though... Indeed. In the world of porno, though... Nothing is straightforward. <laughs> As Sick Boy and Renton find out, 
that they have unresolved issues to address concerning the increasingly unhinged Frank Begbie, the troubled, drug-addled, spud, and most of all, with each other. <clears throat> that's a, that's very true. Very true. Um, yeah, backstory anyway. So I found this in an old interview from uh, 2002. Look for the bottle opener again. Oh, yeah. So Welch said that uh, pornography is the new drug of the moment. <laughs> What's more, he maintains... I think proved right. <laughs> Indeed. In fairness. What's more, he maintains it has become so much a part of our culture, our everyday lives, that it no longer shocks. It's true as well. Well... Depends, sure what sort of, <laughs> depends what sort of party you're looking at. I am. I sit down at an RTE and watch a big gangbang going on. Yeah, but Jesus, like... You think about it, you wouldn't have had fucking that shite Love Island on telly 20 years ago. You couldn't, yeah, you could barely say fucking poo and fart in Big Brother when it started. Mm. They weren't really... They got a time, didn't they? Yeah, after a few years, yeah. Remember the, the Irish had walking around in the gas shorts with a big horn on <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember that. Thankfully, I don't. <laughs> yeah. That's um, as you got. But, I mean, Jesus, it, you know, I think with the old internet and phones and whatnot... Jesus, the porn is everywhere, James. Everywhere. Well, if you want it, you can get it. That's it. Welch goes on to say, it's like eating McDonald's. People know it won't do them any good, but it becomes compulsive. That's very true. Uh, with an uncanny eye for picking on society's ills, Welch decided to focus on pornography for the subject matter of the new novel, the long-awaited sequel to Trainspotting. Um, but I'd actually found out that he, he said himself that it didn't actually start out as a a sequel he had this idea for the story of a budding porn director but mm. as he started writing it he realised that the main character he was creating was actually sick boy who was just <laughs> so undeniable yeah. and then he obviously reckoned well if I'm bringing him back I'll bring the rest of them back as well it would have worked grand with just him and say oh James Terry and a few others oh, David was going this one. Oh, of course he's the MVP but uh, yeah so that's, that, oh no, he's, Welch went on to say that uh, he acknowledged the dangers of a sequel. He said, I must have been suicidally retarded to write a sequel to Trainspotting. Uh, I was thinking, you're really setting yourself up for a fall here. Any sequel not only has to stand up on its own, but really has to be better or just as good as the original. Sharknado too. Indeed, yes. It's better actually than the original. <laughs> What about uh, Juice Bigelow, European Gigolo? That was good. It was. It was. I like that Juice Bigelow. It has the infamous uh, Portuguese breakfast in it. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know uh, about a Portuguese breakfast, folks, just Google it. You know them little pasta Natale tarts? What? It's, it's something like that. You know them little tarts you get in Portugal? What, like at the bar? No. <laughs> Anyone who's been to Portugal gets these little tarts. I've been to Portugal with you and I don't remember getting a custard tart. I wonder why. <laughs> I I didn't have much of an appetite. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm convinced that Cristiano Ronaldo's success is owed to a Portuguese breakfast every morning. Quite possibly. Yes. Anyway, back to porno. <laughs> uh, but I don't feel worried about porno. Welsh continued. I feel quite excited by the challenge. It feels an audacious thing to do. Uh, whether it proves as successful as Trainspotting remains to be seen. It wouldn't. 
Uh, though Ewan McGregor might think twice about appearing in the inevitable film version. I suppose he did appear in the fir- film version, but all the porn was taken out, so... There was zero porn. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, it's one thing to have to emerge yourself in the U-bend of a toilet, but it's quite another to appear naked in a low-rent porn film, even if it is a film within a film. Uh, so the book was published uh, in August 2002 by Jonathan Cape. We must mention the book cover, James, uh, as I pick up my copy here. I haven't actually seen the book cover. So I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> and the reason you haven't seen the book cover is because I have covered it up with a very attractive... A special gift. ...pink wrapping paper. I, yeah. I, I'm actually not sure if, if I wrapped it or if I got Siobhan to wrap it, but I'm pretty sure it's the second time it, this copy was wrapped. Are you going to unwrap it? I don't know, because... All right, I've never ah. seen it. Okay, go on. Just for you, I'm going to unwrap it. Just like Live one, on air. It's like one of those YouTube unboxing oh, yeah, videos. Yeah. Oh, listen to this, folks. ASMR for you here. Sell it. I do. <laughs> Suspense is killing him. Oh, come on, get it out. Here you go. Oh, look. It's a blow-up doll. It is indeed. It's uh, like the one of the ones from Only Fills and Horses. It is, actually, yeah, yeah. So basically, when I bought that book and seen that cover, I really wanted to read the book. I'd been waiting for that book for a long time. But I was working, uh, I was working in Guinnesses working at the time. <laughs> getting the train into Houston every day. And I just said, I'm not reading that book on the train with that fucking cover on it with a picture of a blow-up doll. So I covered it up like a school book. <laughs> It would draw attention to your wanking down the back it of the did. bus. I remember Jules being quite disgusted with me. It's literature for fuck's sake. Fuck them. But uh, I must have taken said wrapping off it then after I read it and put it away. But when I got it back out last year for us to do our reading and research, uh, I was kind of conscious of the girls <laughs> around the house. So I wrapped it up again. Even though they could clearly see me notes this evening entitled Porno. <laughs> Filled everything, yeah. But uh, that's the book cover. Um, yeah, quite a memorable one. It is. In fairness, more memorable ones. Some of them have some of them have been good. Mm, 10, 15. Back in the day. Was pricey enough, wasn't it? It was actually. Wasn't it? Must have got it brand new, did you? Hot from the press. Yeah. Oh God, I did. I remember. I think that's I was eagerly awaiting that one when I heard it was it was coming. As you do. In a bar, yeah. So uh, let's move on to the structure. So, kind of small chapters again, much mm. like train spotting uh, and in jumping the f- around. Oh God, jumping around more than House of Pain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the first person narrative, of course, with all the main players, just like train spotting, and um, all the main characters and one new one, El Nikki, Nikki Fuller shit, as they call her. Um, <laughs> Well, unlike Trainspotting's almost kind of short story collection format, these chapters all kind of build towards a bigger overall story. Crescendo. Indeed. Um, another difference from the format of Trainspotting is that each character has a kind of defined chapter heading depending on yeah. who it is. So, for instance, Sick Boys chapters all begin with scam number, blah, blah, blah. And that continues, obviously, the scams people will notice, or would have noticed at the time, that the scams didn't start with number one, because obviously this he's, is fucking long into Sick Boys. Uh, well, it was, he was doing it for a number of years. Uh, and I thought it was good. Skag Boys, which is a prequel, has the kind of earlier scams mm. on lower numbers. Much like in, uh, in Trainspotting with El Renton's Junk Dilemmas, which, of course... 
is where, you know. <laughs> We're all begun for these crazy kids. That's it. <laughs> uh, but in this book, Renton's uh, chapters all begin with Horrors of Amsterdam, yeah. part whatever, which is quite good. Uh, Spud's chapters are just narrative. Begbie's are all in capitals, which is good. And Nikki's are all quotes from the chapter, for example, a Simon David Williamson production. Um, and the other thing about it is that each narrator is associated with their own way of speaking. Um, and they're not all back in the old Scots dialect, no. the way Trainspotting and other books were. Um, Renton and Sick Boy and Nikki, who's, well, Nikki's not even Scottish. No. But the other two, because it's almost like because of their time away, they've, that lost, they've their lost their accent. But uh, old Begbie and Spud are very much still in the thick of it. It kind of symbolizes the fact that they've certainly not moved on in their lives in any respect, apart from, you know, going to prison the other time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so let's do the old breakdown, James. Let's break it on down, motherfucker. I think the best way to break this down is by doing each character, and we can kind of tell the story as it goes. Um yeah? Yeah, I can never tell. There's the doorbell. I'm not getting that. There's hordes of people at the door. <laughs> Everyone wants to get a piece of porno. What the f- <laughs> It's just Alexa saying there's someone at the door. So, we have to start, of course, with said Simon David Williamson, aka Sick Boy. Yes. Speak. He doesn't want to be called Sick Boy anymore. <laughs> yeah, geez, fair play to you. I don't actually have that down. Um, yeah, so when we first. Uh, Get hold of him. He's, he's, down in he's in London. Yeah, he's kind of burning his bridges down there, though. He's lost his job. <laughs> he's lost his job. Yeah, everything um, he touches turns to shit, really. <laughs> indeed, yeah. It's, the, I suppose the chapters in Trainspotting that were down in London, kind of, we see the two of them. Well, actually, I tell it again, it's Skag Boys that kind of sets up their kind of first trips to London, but they have all these connections over time with the, the scum of the earth down there, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's it was always funny that you know they'd kind of go down there to get away from the scum up there. The scum up in Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> made it a whole new brand. Of scum it's up. like it's not really the way no. a holiday works. No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, obviously, Renton went a bit further afield. He went to the horrors of Amsterdam <laughs> to, for holidays. But well, he six, was fleeing for his life. In yeah, well, he didn't flee very fucking no, far, he did he? <laughs> he went to one of the most visited places <laughs> in Europe. <laughs> yeah, especially for. Um, for lads who yeah. like sta- uh, skag, skags, stag dudes yeah. and football. And horse. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Sick Boys in London, it was funny that he was um, riding the boss's wife. And yeah. Did he send her, he sent them pictures down or something, did he? He did, yeah. Or was a video, I think, wasn't of it? Her, of her arse or whatnot. Yeah. But um, the one thing I, that I raised my eyebrows at straight away is that he mentions that he's actually paying maintenance for... For his young flip, which I, hard to I, well, he fucking you found it hard to believe. He said it in his own head, <laughs> unless he was yeah. lying in his own head. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I would believe it. I suppose. Yeah. If uh, Phil thought us anything, don't yeah. believe what's going on in somebody's head. No. Um, you can't have anything in your head. I'm fucking. I great. often do. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> I'm fucking great being one of them, Ari. <laughs> um, and we we find out early enough that he's uh, been sending gay porn into the. The prison yeah, to El Begbie. A running team and it's very good. <laughs> Salt in prison. Um, do you think... He's not the only one. The only one sending in the yeah, gay yeah. porn? I did not. Was there more? Renton, Renton's in it as well. No, no, Renton's not yeah, doing it. He was. I don't think he was, James. I think Sick Boy was fucking blaming it all on Renton. He blamed Renton. him in the end, but he was doing it as well. 
Oh, geez, I didn't pick up on that. I thought I'm it was He's posting one time in Amsterdam. Did he not do it when he was in Amsterdam? Uh, sick boy. Maybe he did. I, anyway. I think the whole point of it was he was framing. He was trying to frame first. Yeah. He said, well, he convinced fucking Begbie anyway. Um, do you think that would have worked? Like, would they have accepted that into prison and passed it on to a cell? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, yeah. Maybe up in a... a Stop loose. the violence, I suppose, if the lads are pulling that's the whole it. off each Stop other. Stop the violence, <laughs> start the wanking. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he gets word or he comes back and... Gets basically offered the old pub, the port, sunshine tavern. Oh, dies. oh no, the his auntie. His auntie yeah, just yeah. wants to head off to ride some Spaniard. <laughs> <laughs> Filthy old cretin. Mm. So uh, leaves it in in sick boy's capable hands. I, I did like the old as he's talking to her in the pub. He, she was uh, having her drink and then started sucking on the lemon. And sick boy <laughs> had one of these intrusive thoughts that Welch always seems to go in where he's a picture her sucking on your man's ball sack. <laughs> Which is not a nice thing to be imagining of your own auntie. No, no, it's not really. <laughs> um, it was good Someone else's sp- auntie, though. I no, guess, right. yeah. Smell your auntie as the old... <laughs> 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 I, I, I've done yet another inside joke, and even you didn't get that one. I'll explain to you later. Smell your auntie? <laughs> yeah. I, Mossy might remember that one. He's listening. <laughs> I'll say no more. <laughs> But uh, I, I did like the description of the pub that Begby was saying with the yellow stained walls. We we get that a lot by Welch. Um, obviously, with the old smokers ban, mm. you'd imagine that doesn't happen anymore. Unless the yellow on the walls is piss and pus. In other <laughs> words, beginning with P and ending with S. <laughs> Can you think of any? Paralysis. Could be. Could be. I imagine many a man has been... Paralysized <laughs> in a pub in Scotland. I'd say there's a few of them pubs in locking around in fairness. Oh, of course, yeah. But he says the punters are like something out of a George A. Romero movie. <laughs> but uh, he does see the potential in the ever-increasing culture and economy in the surrounding Leith area. So that is one of the, the big things in this book that everyone seems to pick up on. Yeah. All the characters. Um, Begby, who we'll get to, is coming out of prison. He notices the changes. Doesn't like them. No. <laughs> Not surprising from him. Uh, Renton, when he comes back, obviously sees a lot of change in the city and Spud sees it so much he wants to write a fucking book about it. So you can only imagine that this was something that was uh, definitely being picked up on. The gentrification of Edinburgh. Indeed. I think it's probably something that uh, Welch didn't necessarily like himself, Mm. you know. But um, yeah, sick boy. He starts kind of hiding in plain sight then as a responsible and respectable landlord. He's... (laughs) He's fucking out. Lasted about two days. <laughs> yeah, well, he's trying his best. It's quite an elaborate plan he has here to kind of, you know, show himself outing the drug dealers yeah, and yeah. getting involved in this elite business against drug scheme, which is all tied in with him just trying to make more money and blackmail black, businessmen. Blackmail a counsellor. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, he's got scams galore. And I suppose one of the main ones at the start is this 1690 scam mm. that he thinks up. I think he gets the idea from himself and Spud hooked up and fleeced some other fucker that they know. Yeah, some big Rangers fan, some Glasgow. Yeah, he, he's called Cousin something or other. Cousin Dean, was it? No, it's actually Cousin Dodie. Dodie. Right? And when I seen that, I thought, so this is Spud's relative, because he was called Dodie in fucking Trainspot. But that was Uncle Dodie, so mm. I believe it's a different person. Uncle Dodie was... Uh, 
a, a dark-skinned gentleman who got quite a lot of uh, abuse in, in pubs and whatnot. Sure. But, um, where I'm, yeah, as you say, El Cousin Dodi is a jambo. And he has his pin code for sixteen ninety. Yeah, the same pin code. And he actually has a tattooed on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> so he was quite easy to fleece. But that's where uh, Sick Boy gets the idea for you know, assuming a lot more than him has that pin code. So uh, we're jumping to go on and we're going back and forward here. But fuck it. Uh, when he hooks up with Nikki, he uses her sexual prowess <laughs> to uh, seduce people and kind of. Get bank cards, basically. He some fell in the bank. Exactly. Well, that's and then he went through, uh, through the Ranger supporters club. Yeah, he fell. All the bank account. Yeah, she fucking came on yeah. to some poor dozy bastard who worked in Rangers, or, or was it a girl that worked in Rangers? It was. It he was got, a girl. He got some other lad, some stud muffin. Yeah, and he, to, he turned out to be a dude, so he yeah. had to uh, seduce a woman. Yeah, sick boy did it himself. Yeah, and got the yeah the season ticket holders. But uh, ended up getting a, a nice old sum, a few uh, ball, yeah. sixty-two grand out of the scheme. In fairness to him, um, other schemes he said, yeah, as you say, blackmailing businessmen. Um, he's setting, yeah, he's setting up rent, and he he borrows his phone at one point and sends a homoerotic me- <laughs> uh, message to Begbie, saying that he'll see his old friend soon. Um, but the, I suppose the main thing that I know is that he has real disdain for his friends, even though he hasn't seen them for a while. Obviously. He, you know, hates Begbie for he's obvious the same reasons. For everyone. Yeah, he's, but, uh, he's a broken, he's a broken man. Yeah, he, he uh, you know, he, clearly he has a problem with renting. Fair enough, but he like he's even spud fucking oh, sickens him now. He detests spud. <laughs> uh, it said again. I think it was said in Trainspotting, but it said here again that he's a Steven Seagal lookalike, <laughs> but he has gotten rid of his ponytail. So that was certainly one of the things that he, he never looked like uh, Johnny Lee Miller by the sounds no. of it. Um, same way Renton, you know, doesn't Renton was described as a young Alex McLeish in Train Spotting, <laughs> which is good. Um, and Begbie was a, is a much bigger man in the books, you know. Although I think Welch himself has said that when he has written Begbie since, he does picture Robert Carlyle, which is fair Exactly. But um, I'll mention Nikki, we'll get to her in a sec, but he does hook up with her and use her to his advantage when he wants her. Um, I suppose that's the love story of the of the book. Intense um, love. Indeed. He meets up again with old James Terry. Uh, I think we've seen them kind of first meeting in Glue, where they were the, the two kind of uh, Latarios of the area <laughs> in the in the lo- local local youth club. Yeah, getting sure, the, true. Getting the girls. Um, so, of course, he casts Terry as the star in this porno that he thinks up the idea of. He's a big, massive Mickey. <laughs> Not as bad, or not as big as another chap that's coming up. But, uh, th- so the, the film's going to be called Seven Rides for Seven Brothers. They're basing it off all these scaldy fucking porners that were getting made in pubs. Yeah. <coughs> Previously, it, just, we can do better than that. Yeah, is like, Gonzo porn? No. Oh, what it is, yeah. I don't See, it was fucking horrific shit. I don't agree with using Muppets in porn. I think that's <laughs> too sick. But, um, yeah, you can only imagine fucking, oh my God. Yeah. And then you'd have a lot of punters around watching it. Yeah. Like drinking and screen. wanking. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Upstairs in some scaldy old fucking piss hole. Well look, we may as well discuss it here. We didn't have that rumour in Salvage in a pub, but there was a rumour that that was going on upstairs in the video shop. There's more than that going on. Was there? <laughs> what else was going on, Jen? Bomber riding. 
It's not, not part of said porno, no? Well, this is regular porn, <laughs> male and female. This one okay, be. this was off the, the clock. This is more uh, Freddie Mercury stuff. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so singing and dancing. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're funky beat. Beat up a day, the rump it bumpy. Fair enough. Um, What's well, right? I never heard that. Yeah, um, who told me that? Siobhan's brother told me that. Which one? Uh, seven rides for seven <laughs> brothers. <laughs> Ada. Of course it was Ada. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and I believe Jules backed it up as well. But the only reason... Jules they... younger than us, Well, he obviously heard it from Ada as well. Yeah, unless Ada, was unless they were both part of these. I'd say Ada was actually there. <laughs> I doubt Jules was. <laughs> well, say, I, hope, I hope Jules was. I don't know if he was there or just returning a video or what, you know. It's one way to pay your late fees. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it is described uh, Seven Rides for Seven Brothers as an art house style affair with spanking and bondage. Mm. <laughs> the plot revolves around oil rig workers on leave, engaging in a bet to see who will fulfill their ultimate fantasy first. <laughs> and sick, there's a, it cuts back and forward, obviously, to tried and, and sometimes failed attempts at, at getting through scenes. But uh, I did like one bit where Sick Boy's directing. <laughs> And he shouts at Ter- Juice Terry, Go for the arse now, Terry. That's it, Lawson. Let's see some anal action. <laughs> and he does spot then this young lad, Curtis, this uh, stammering, nervous Ned, uh, in, mm. just in the jacks beside him in the pub, who has literally an old langer down to his kneecaps. Yeah, a monster. And, you know, just instantly recruits him for the film, obviously. Mm. So I suppose after just being spotted in a pub toilet with an enormous phallus, Curtis's life just changed overnight, you know. I know mine did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, mishaps, as I say, do occur. Poor El Terry breaks his cock at one yeah, point. Yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> and it's at the same time as the press are arriving to do photos with Sick Boy for an anti-drug story. So there's a bit of a commotion. It sounds like something out of uh, Faulty Towers or a carry-on film. But... Um, <laughs> The, the bits with Terry are always good. It, when he's in the hospital, he's getting erections at the nurses, which is causing him a lot of pain. Yeah, um, And the medicine he was given is supposed to stop that, but he reckons it doesn't work on his super cock. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Nikki and one of the other porn stars, if we're, we use that ter- term loosely, play a cruel trick on him by stripping and kissing each other mm. in there. So it uh, causes a very painful erection for painful. poor old <laughs> How, how did he actually break it? Trying to stick it in somebody's yeah. arse, I imagine. Once again, which goes down the whole arse route. Oh, he certainly does. Yeah. First banjo string, was it? Or just bro, fractured? Do men have a banjo string? <laughs> I thought it was only women. What? What's a banjo string? <laughs> if, if you're not circumcised, how do you think it's held on? All right, okay. It's a banjo string. I thought it was just called the forest game. Well, obviously it is. Surely, <laughs> <laughs> if you burst your forest game, that would be alright. It wouldn't be too bad. Burst your banjo string. A lot of blood down there. No, I think he done something when it was he fell on it or something. I suppose he? when you say broke it, there's nothing. There's no actual bones in it, isn't there? No, it's ripped skin. Nobody ripped that. skin. Yeah. No, but I think he actually fell on it when he had an erection or something, didn't he? I don't know. I, me. My eyes are wandering off out the window here, trying to picture all this. 
Yeah, Jesus, that's not good. No, not, not good. Anyway, yeah. thankfully, that hasn't happened to me or you. No. So that's Terry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who else have we got? Diane, of course, comes into us. She's uh, studying psychology and is living with Nikki. Yeah. And she gets back at Renton. And that's fucking all she does. She's Yeah, that's fuck all. I don't know why the fuck. They brought, I don't know why they didn't just make Nikki Diane, if you mm, get me. Well, yeah, uh, he wouldn't have went off with her then. Why not? Sick boy. Ah, she would have. Just 10 years later. <laughs> She could have, yeah. you know, that could have been her mm. tragic story that she's fallen on hard times and has to rely on a fucking scumbag like, yeah. like him. But yeah, it was just weird that they brought her back. I know she's kind of plays a part in the big finale, but you know, like, you Minor. can kind of understand it in the film, bringing back as many faces as possible. But yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of that in Train Spot in the book as well. There was a lot of characters brought in who did fuck all. Yeah, and obviously you want to, you know. Showed her it's a big area and there's a lot of players involved in the drugs scene and whatnot. But um, yeah, Diane did fuck off, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Spud done a bit more, in fairness. Spud was depressing in this. He certainly was. Not a lot had changed from him, as you say. I got a lot worse. Yeah. I remember an interview with Welch, um, and it wasn't for this. I think it was for Dead Man's Trousers, which comes a lot later, but it is another sequel. Um, and something drastic happens in Dead Man's Trousers for people that haven't read it yet. And Welch kind of went, well, you know, something ha- drastic has to happen because these characters, nothing's fucking changed. Yeah, changes yeah. for them. Rent and Fairno fucks off. Sick Boy really doesn't change anything no. when you think about it. Uh, but Spud and Begbie, certainly not. I mean, the only thing that can happen with, with fucking Begbie is he's going to die or end Kills. up in prison. Kill more people. Kill more people indeed. But yeah, uh, Spode is the only one that's still struggling with heroin. Um, and he's the only kind of voice uh, that lingers about heroin in this book. You know, there's not much. The accent is very strong in this one. Oh, I fuck. think it's stronger than... Probably, yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's very hard to... Like, what the fuck is... Very hard to... And you were reading it. You yeah, weren't yeah, listening just, to him. What the fuck? <laughs> Do you not find, though, after... I certainly did. That I think with this one, because it was jumping around. Yeah. In other well, previous, you get the whole lot. You sort of get into a rhythm or a routine with that. I know. You, you read mean, normal, yeah. and next thing, he's just talking fucking chicken talk or That's something. That's very true, yeah. Um, But, yeah, he's the only one that's still... Obviously dealing with heroin. Um, Sick Boy's fucking mad for the coke in this, obviously, mm. but he doesn't see it as a problem. And again, it's a Recreation. different... Yes, and it's a, a different type of drug to the problems that heroin can kind of bring anyway. Mm. Um, but there's no real mention of Renton. You know, he's he's just totally finished with heroin. Yeah. Um, so everything. The odd becks. The odd becks. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Spudge, he has spells attending a counselling group. Um, he mentions he has a kid, Andy, with Alison, who was in... Uh, the love of his life. Indeed. Well, she started off as sick boys. Yeah. A bit on the side at one point in train spotting. Um, but he starts getting notions, as we said, about writing a book about the real elite. Uh, the dockers, the drinkers, the, the, the ute, uh, what are they called? The ute elite team. The, the just, hooligans. It just sounds atrocious, book. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least in the film, no, I'm jumping ahead to the, the film here, which we'll obviously do. At least in the film, he gets the idea to write a book about them. Yeah. Uh, which is obviously an interesting yeah. story. But this book, yeah, you can only imagine what it was, would be like. <laughs> fucking wine from 50 years ago. <laughs> hey, somebody might have liked it. Mm. Um, 
But he also mentions that, uh, you know, that rent and he's, again, he's kind of talking to himself a lot of the time. He mentions rents and how he sorted them out. So this is kind of the first confirmation of this from Spud himself, because obviously Renton said at the end of Trainspotting that he'd try and, you know, send some money to mm. Spud. We've seen it ourselves in the film Trainspotting. But I remember when we did The Acid House, he actually appeared in that story, A Smart Cunt, with your man Brian. Yeah. Oh, he did. Too. Remember, they were fucking taking acid at a fucking wedding. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he actually told Brian that Renton ripped him off. So it was just, in fairness to Spud, it was quite a smart, mm. elaborate plot to make sure that nobody knew yeah. that he had actually gotten money out of it, especially not fucking, um, obviously, Begbie. But he does admit it then to sick boy in this. Eventually, yeah. Um, just to get back at him, really. Big time, yeah. So, yeah, as you say, it, it, he kind of gets more and more depressed. Oh, as sorry, the, his story is fucking horrible, this. <laughs> fucking. He the, actually. The fucking rapes in there. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. I suppose, yeah, we'll do it now. So he hooks up with this fucking old jail pal, uh, Chizzy. Oh who, he, we see Chizzy first, or we read about Chizzy first. He's saying something fucking untoward to Nikki and yeah. Diane at the at a pub. And in fairness to Diane, she tells him to fuck off, and he does. But yeah, he comes back. He's It's a classic tale, isn't it, where they're in some shitty pub. It was funny up until the point. Oh, yeah. When the it was very funny. Yeah. Because she shit her pants. <laughs> yeah, didn't bother the lads. They're all happy. Yeah, but, so uh, he has wins big on a horse. He gets four grand on a yeah. horse, but so he's all he's reckons he's gonna bring his young fella to fucking Disneyland or whatever, or at least send Allison and the young fella off. But yeah, goes on the fucking the jellies and the beer with this fucker Chizzy. Your one has soiled her leggings, as you say. Chizzy steals a car, and then to take her to some disused building site, and it just goes horrible. Then he's assaulting her physically and sexually. He, he tries to fucking sexually assault Spud then as well, doesn't he? <laughs> when when he's finished with her, uh, he urinates on her. It's just fucking hideous what happens to this this woman. Um, yeah, it's pretty fucking horrible. Spud eventually fucking atta- kind of half-heartedly attacks him. Yeah, yeah. Um, they both get <laughs> it kind of goes back to the slapstick then because they both get thrown out of a pub and you can only imagine it's probably daytime again after this so you can imagine seeing this walking past but uh, they still go on and get served in other horrible establishments before finally going their sep- separate ways so it sounds like a classic weekend in, in, in <laughs> a lot of towns in, in this country and in others um, and then of course he witnesses Begbie killing somebody as well in a pub so I was going to say is this the first time Begbie killed someone but it's fucking not I think at this point he was in jail already he was for killing I think he'd already killed um, oh, it's the, Johnny Salton as, as Renton called him so this is another tiny bit character that appeared in Trainspotting it's actually in Trainspotting when Renton goes to get those well he goes to try and get a, one last hit from fucking Irvin Welch what's his character Mikey Forrester mm-hmm. ends up with the opium suppositories yes. But this fucking other low life is in the, the flat. There's two low lives in the flat. There's a, a portly lady who has, uh, <laughs> I don't think it was a tattoo. I think she'd written it in Byro or something on her tie, but it said, insert cock here. <laughs> and then this other complete scumbag who, as Renton remarked, was still dressed in 70s clothes where he'd obviously been in prison for a long yeah. stretch and got the, the clothes back when he got out, flares and everything. 
But this, that's the first fucker that Begbie apparently kills. Um, he mentions his name here. I've just forgotten it. Maybe I have it further down in my notes. But uh, yeah, he kills another bloke here who was kind of a mate, is it? He was a mate, yeah. yeah. Kill him in the pool. In front of people as well. In front of the landlord. Yeah, He yeah. just brushes it under the carpet yeah, yeah. because... Nothing to say here, lads. Yeah, he, can't, he couldn't have fucking... Uh, he couldn't be upsetting El Franco now. In fairness, he's uh, probably a wise decision. Yeah. Or, and obviously, uh, Spode himself isn't going to say anything. But yeah, later on, when he's gotten so bad, he decides that he's going to try and commit suicide via Begbie. Yeah, just... Which is funny oh, and tragic at the same time. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I think fucking Begbie cops onto him. <laughs> Bobby, co- <laughs> Bobby. Begbie Bobby. cops onto him. Oh, Ooh, the Begbie. Begbie cops onto him and then wants to batter him even more yeah, for yeah. trying to get him to try to turn me into a murderer. <laughs> I fucking show you. <laughs> but um, I suppose we may as well get to El Franco. Um, it, it's a while before he's introduced, actually. There, there's the threat of him looming yeah. for quite a while because he's still in prison. Obviously, Sick Boy is telling Renton that he's still in prison, which mm. is one of the reasons why Renton comes back feeling half safe. But when he's finally introduced, I love the the night before his release from prison, there's this uh, kind of two-pager where he's, he keeps his poor cellmate. You can only imagine being a cellmate of that fucker. But this poor bastard is just edging towards the finish line of being finished having Frank Begby as his cellmate. But Begby keeps him up all night talking because he's so excited about getting out and keeps slapping him to keep him awake. <laughs> Then he refuses a breakfast from the screws, Begby does, mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to get a proper fucking feed now in about half an hour. But then regrets it when the food arrives and eats your man's breakfast. <laughs> but, uh, he, he called, he's the fucking uh, star. Oh, he really is. He's, again, it's the classic where he's hilarious, but so frightening at the same time. Like, if you knew somebody like this, you'd run a mile. But to read about him is just hilarious. It's so ridiculous that it is hilarious. But, um, he what was it? Yeah, he's it, before he leaves your man. He's speculating that he won't last long on his own now that mm-hmm. Begbie's not there, and that kind of reminded me of uh, one of his classic quotes from Trainspotting, where he tells Rent or yeah, he tells Rent and see if you were inside, you wouldn't last two fucking days. <laughs> but um, on his way out, he remarks to a, a, a screw that he'll see him soon, and that he might pay his wife and kid a visit <laughs> um, and chop her head off, which is lovely. So I'm amazed he wasn't arrested again yeah, on the spot sure for that. That's against your parole. <laughs> yeah. It's just this kind of classic comedy stroke horror combo that you get from Be- Begbie the whole time. Um, Ophelia, Philip the Apprentice. Do you remember him? <laughs> this young fella that he caught trying oh, to rob yeah, his yeah. Oh, my So again, after battering him, then decides <laughs> he's, he'd rather use him. So he yeah. has him as his little fucking... Little boy. Yeah, throwing him in places and just using him, basically. So... Your man probably would have been better off just taking a severe hiding rather than... Well, he took that anyway. He did. He would have got an even worse one. Um, yeah, he's going around then kind of meeting up with everyone that he hasn't seen in a while. So you kind of get the two sides of this where Renton is coming back and meeting everyone again. But Begbie is doing it as well because he's just out of prison. Uh, he's meeting up with Second Prize. Second Prize is a complete uh, teetotaler. He's mm-hmm. found God. But Begbie keeps, <laughs> keeps threatening him to go back on the drink, you boring bastard. <laughs> and actually does force him to go for points. Um, the other man, it, like, it, it is actually how, quite good how descriptive Welch is about 
how fucking insane this man is getting. Completely. Oh, paranoia. Obviously, the he's bad enough on his own, but the um, the, the stuff that you know, sick boy is, is initiating with the gay porn and that, and I can't help thinking. I mean, Welch probably wouldn't admit to being inspired by the film, if you get me. Mm, he yeah. would tell you that this is just a straightforward sequel to his work, his book. But I can't help thinking. I know Robert Carlyle said that he played Begbie like a closet homosexual mm. just to make him more angry and that you know yeah. and obviously that was fueled by the, the scene where he picks up oh there's the yes. the coppers coming past me house. Um the yeah so that scene in Trainspotting where he picks up the, the transvestite. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but uh, I'm just wondering did Welch or yeah kind of remember that and then kind of play on that in this because this comes up an awful lot where Renton <laughs> Or sorry, Begbie, um, you know, because of all this gay porn, all is just obsessed with, with thinking that people think he's homosexual yeah. and uh, buffy and all the rest of it. He's getting these headaches as well all the time. Yeah, mad fucking, what you call it? Migraines? Migraines, Yes, I was going to say hemorrhage, but not that sort of fucking hemorrhaging. <laughs> Making other people hemorrhage. That seems to be the only thing that eases his headaches is being violent. Yeah, so he Even, said that, it yeah. releases the tension. Recent drink. Obviously, he doesn't do drugs. Well, he does. He does do chin at this stage, doesn't he? Mm. Uh, sex doesn't work. It was a hilarious. But he picks up this new girlfriend, <laughs> and he's is he impotent? Couldn't get it up. The first get it up, and again, that's only fueling his paranoia yeah. about you know being gay or whatever. But then when he beats the bollocks out of her ex, he's got a raging <laughs> stomp. <laughs> the, the the beast in him comes out then. Violence is his fucking whatever. Oh my god, it really is. Um, and that leads to, again, really horrible stuff because he obviously has a couple of kids with, uh, throws out a, a hank in there, really. he has a couple of kids with poor June, who we remember from Trainspotting. Um, one of the worst bits in Trainspotting was him fucking kicking June, who was pregnant, in the belly on his way because he's basically given it because he's heading off again on a on a fucking stag day or a trip away with Renton and he boots her in the fucking stomach Um, she split up with him here but he still obviously comes around and torments her and he's even encouraging the young lads to fucking fight each other he's already kind of reckons that one of them is harder than the other and he's worried that the, the, the less tough one is going to become a buffy which again this again common themes because wasn't that something that was going on with poor El Roy in yeah. uh, Marabou Stork but you didn't tell the fucking how he stabbed his older brother that's how he became the hardest in the house yeah yeah <laughs> so that's what you should do <laughs> stab him <laughs> oh god and actually again foreshadowing here um, a little spoiler but the Blade Artist which is just the full Begbie book after this set a few years later one of his sons has been killed. That's that's his reason for actually coming back to Edinburgh. Anyway, I'm I'm spoiling the book. We haven't even got to it yet. Alert. But uh, yeah, it's pretty horrific stuff with with June and <laughs> fucking Spud get mi- gets mixed up in that as well because he's helping yeah, he June at one point. Her, the friends are oh, and then Renton for our Begby finds out about that and he's, he's gonna <laughs> give fucking Spud even more of a hiding. So. Um, he can take a hiding in fairness, but... Spud, he's gotten quite a few, hasn't he? Mm. Um, but I suppose the main... I won't say the main character, because he's far from it in this, but I no. suppose the main catalyst in this um, 
is Renton kind of coming back as well as, you know, the porno being, I suppose the hook of the book is the whole porno thing, mm. which is the gimmick, as we say, that, Re- that Welch is using, but Renton coming back kind of spurs all this chain of events. So yeah, we mentioned his, his only new drug is uh, exercise. He's in the gym over there doing karate. Karate. He's managing a, a club over there, luxury. Mm. Sounds very luxurious, doesn't it? In Amsterdam, it sure does. He's uh, He has a girlfriend over there, but he's fucking sick of her. It's a horrible relationship. <laughs> Again, I, I don't want to dwell on kind of boring women characters. I don't want the, the women characters to be boring. But Fair. The, well, yeah, most of them fucking mm. are. There's, no, like, there's actually no need for him to have a bird there. No. Because he kind of dumps her. Well, she dumps him. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's just... But that's it, you know? Um, it's also revealed that he's actually been back and forth to Scotland a few Future, times, yeah, yeah. which is interesting because um, he gets word he's still in contact with a few people from yeah. Edinburgh, so he kind of knows when Begbie's in prison and it's safe to go <laughs> yeah. back, which uh, it kind of spoils the big return for him in this book, the fact that, well, he's been doing it anyway, yeah. but I suppose that's the big difference between that and the, the movie, I suppose, in the big movie version, you have to have him coming back for the first time. Um, but it is, I think it is kind of clever that he, he nips in and out whenever he wants. Um, I always found it a bit ridiculous, I think I said this, that he, he didn't go further than Amsterdam anyway, because it's such a popular spot for... Uh, Easily be found, And he is spotted eventually by none other than old uh, Carl Ensign Hewitt mm. from Glue, who was over there doing one of his many gigs. Um, and he obviously gets worried then... That, you know, spot. Yeah, but it's Ensign going back and just mentioning it in passing to Sick Boy that, that causes it all. So Sick Boy then goes over there, plays a little detective work in his phone. <laughs> He's going around on a bike, cycling past <laughs> the, the club and cycling past the uh, his flat. Um, they do have a, a, a final showdown. Um, did they come to fisticuffs? Which is one or two blows, isn't there? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And in fairness to Renton, he does say that he always intended on paying him back. He just never got around to it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only been, I don't think it's quite been 10 years. Mm. Um, it was obviously kind of 10 years in real life, but I don't think it's quite that in the old book. Yeah. Still fresh in the memories. Jesus Christ, I'll open that window, but then we'll have people talking. That's unfortunate. <sighs> it's fucking warm in here. Isn't it? Fucking sweat box. <laughs> what the open the window? <laughs> I don't want people hearing this show. <laughs> They're fucking gas bagging out there. They don't give a box. Yeah. Just open their crack. No? Open their crack. <laughs> Go on with soldier on, so. Yeah, he still has feelings of guilt, but he still gets involved in a scam or two. And he certainly is. He's not too. Uh, doesn't have his arm twisted too much to get into this porn scheme. No. Um, and obviously it's a well, way. He sees of, an opportunity. Yeah, well, it's a way to, to pay back sick boy, both financially and emotionally. Well, I don't think those emotions will ever be paid back. <laughs> not, well, certainly not by the end of it. Um, but, yeah, as you say, he kind of gets more nostalgic trips around Leet, um, visits with Gav Temperley. Gav Temperley, who was obviously in Trainspotting um, and was in the film as well, but wasn't named as Gav Temperley. If I remember correctly, he used to, I remember watching Trainspot for years thinking that this bloke was his brother, but it mm. wasn't. It was just one of the other characters. Government. Meets up with Second Prize. Second Prize doesn't want to fucking know him 
fair enough because you forget he ripped off him as well second mm-hmm. prize was one of the the, the crew that yeah. went down to fucking London just didn't make the film didn't, didn't make, make the, the film they kind of incorporated him into Spud yeah really yeah. he does if I remember correctly he second prize just fuck off because he's just drunk all the time yeah. <laughs> there's kind of people just representing every voice yeah, and yeah. his is drink and he's just <laughs> fucking pissed all the time um, he does fall for Diane again though hooks up with her as luck would have it she's fucking Nikki's flatmate um, but he doesn't really do much else he no there's good bits coming up he he gives he meets up with Sharon his his dead brother's uh, widow so this is the woman who he shagged while she was pregnant at <laughs> at his brother's funeral <laughs> <Sure. laughs> but he gives her eight grand for her trouble so that was nice it's an expensive ride yeah <laughs> Yeah, so some of the good bits with rent, and I do actually have in the good writing, so we'll get to that. But um, I suppose the long and the short of it, I mean, we've covered the main characters. Can you think of anyone else? Juice. Mm-hmm. Did him. Yeah. Oh, Rab is in it. Billy Burrell's yeah. brother, Rab. He's in a good bit of especially. Yeah, but he's just the voice of reason a lot yeah, of the time, yeah. isn't he? Which he kind of was in Glue as well. It, that whole fucking mental night that they covered in Glue. Um, he just got more and more boring as the night went on because yeah, it was yeah. just the polar opposite to Juice Terry. He just and then had that row with Terry and is somehow still involved with this crew back then. He's still with that girl Charlene, which from do- Texas, yes, which he doesn't want to to know that he's now involved in it in a porno shoot. I think at one stage, Sick Boy wants to recruit him as an actor in the film, and he's having none of that. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't. He always talking about the missus, but he never actually, she's never in it at all. Yeah. Actually, Nikki, we didn't do Nikki. That's who I didn't do. Um, she's introduced, what, as a student who's riding yeah. her lecturer. Uh, she's working in a massage parlor. Massage. But then, obviously. Oh, won't keep blowjobs. Just yeah. wanks. Just wanks at the start. Mm. But then, obviously, that progresses. Uh, how did she meet up with Sick Boy? She, oh, she knows Rab. Yeah. She knows Rab from college. Yeah. Who then brings her to the... She's intrigued truck. by going to the scummier places. Yes, uh, yes. And obviously... Happens the, 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 the riffraff. Yeah. And then obviously uh, gets inadvertently invited up to, first of all, view this porno. Mm. Wants to go up for the laugh because she's so crazy and wild. But then... Promiscuous. But then kind of... It's like she's looking for attention. Yeah. Um, and obviously still gets kind of seduced by Sick Boy as well. So in fairness, she does have an interesting character arc where, you know, she starts off very impressionable. She does clearly know she's good looking and wants to use that to mm. her an advantage, but she is used and some would say abused so by Sick Boy and others. I mean, she gets into prostitution then, doesn't she? Mm. She's meeting yeah. high-end stuff now, meeting uh, wealthy fucking old bastards <laughs> in hotel rooms that was what it was she was already really wanking lads off it's not <laughs> prostitution as it is oh yeah it is no. she makes the jump full on full on penetrative sex is what I'm implying here <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah so she um, it's kind of a coming of age story for her really because you know by the end of it she's had enough of sick boy shit. She's had enough of everyone's shit. And mm. as we know, she devises a plan in the end. I mean, we may as well, we're not spoiling it because 
most, read the book. Most people would have read the book. The book is over 10 years old. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking 20 years old. Um, yeah, so the climax, pun not intended, is that they're invited to the Cannes Film Festival, well, the adult mm. film adult. festival anyway, which I didn't know existed. Did you? I did. Did you? Mm. Kind of close. I, now, that, now that I think about it, I'm having flashbacks to it was something. Euro like, trash also. Yeah, I was going to say Euro trash. Yeah, Lola Ferrari or something yeah. like, coming up with Ron Jeremy <laughs> waving at the cameras on the red carpet. But um, yeah, so sick boy brings her out. Um, Curtis with the big Mickey and he a couple of others. Yeah, and he he puts him and Nicky up in a, a swanky place and sends out Curtis and yes. the other bird to some shit hole. <laughs> but uh, when he's over there kind of fraternizing with the the other porn stars and directors and has big plans for the future then he when he checks the account he realizes that all the the 1690 scam money has been taken and it's been it's diane and nikki that have done it but all uh renton is involved as well yeah. of course and um, it took more than that because they got a big a big load of cash from from the film itself from the film yeah, and yeah. some producer gave them mm. money to make more they scammed it all yeah, so Renton fucked him over again with the two women. So this, as I say, is Nikki's last laugh on him. Um, and the most certainly the most interesting thing that Diane does in the whole book. Mm. Um, and we basically finish up then <laughs> with our uh, Begbie. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we'll get, we'll get to this. This is in my favorite writing. But basically, eventually, Begbie spots Renton, takes a, a fucking run at him across the street, gets run over. Um, and then ends up in the hospital. Renton obviously skedaddles then with the money. But by the time uh, Sick Boy comes back, he goes to visit uh, Renton. How, what happened Beg- when they were in the hospital? Remember, um, Renton was in the jacks and Begbie came in. I have that in me, in me writing as well. Right, we but yeah, I, I, will, I will fucking get to that. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so Begbie's in a coma. And sick boy is there to visit. I think him. he's fucked. I think he's, Thinks, he's not coming yeah. out. And starts admitting his <laughs> that it was him that was sending the gay porn. And then the book literally ends with a. And how he fucking hates him and he thinks he's yeah, a fucking yeah. cabbage. And it's a good <laughs> end in fairness. Yeah, and Begbie's eyes open then. He grabs him by the arm, eyes open. Yeah. But Begbie, as well, while he's thinking just before he wakes up, is actually saying how he, he kind of. He's really hurt by Renton's betrayal and mm. is almost coming around to forgiving him. Mm. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah. Which I'm wondering, is this the start of what eventually happens in The Blade Artist? I don't know. Anyway, we'll get to that. But yeah, it is a very good ending to the book. Um, it's fucking hilarious and pretty frightening at the same time. But um, yeah. And there's a bit of a climax all. There's chases and there's fucking all sorts of matches. There is, yeah. It's all, it all happens. It's, it's like it's building up for a long time. Yeah. And then it all kind of happens all at once in the yeah. last few chapters. I say that's Renton going to visit second prize that really spurs on yeah. meeting Begbie. And obviously fucking sick boy, when he finds out he's been ripped off, wants to get the fuck back from France quick smart. And yeah. Well, we suppose we don't know. It must have been the next day or whatever that he goes to visit Begbie in hospital. But um, yeah, good writing. We've talked about it long enough. <laughs> okay. I shall do this one from page 118. 118. Begbie looks from me to this Larry and back to me again. Dirty cunts, he says with real disgust. And suddenly an old fear comes over me for the first time since he came into the place. 
We're older and I've not seen the cunt for ages, but Franco is still Franco. You look at this at the lame brain and know that he's never going to move on. The marriage and domestic domestic option simply isn't one for that twat. For the little beggar boy, it's death or life imprisonment and taking as many down with him en route. Yes, the man still simply beggars belief. So I suppose that plays into what Welch was saying about how you know these characters are never going to change. No, and they, the don't, they don't move on. It's just get worse. Yeah. Uh, page 303 so this is another famous toilet scene involving Mark Renton so this is when why is he in the hospital uh, we know Begbie goes to the hospital with his son because they, they've had to fight he's going to visit oh he's going to visit Terry and yeah. his burst Mickey his, his banjo string his burst banjo string yeah which I've learned all about tonight Um. so yeah so this is Begbie I, I keep mixing up Begbie and Renton this is Renton <laughs> I, I take my leave and find the men's WC. It's a big lavvy latrine, a row of sinks and six aluminium partitioned shithouses. It's very descriptive, isn't it? <laughs> I head into the trap nearest the wall, whipping down the winners and losers and the kecks before I start dropping the contents of my guts. What a relief. As I start wiping my arse, I hear somebody come into the bogs, then into the trap next door. I say... As they settle and I finish my whole cleaning, I hear a curse, followed by a rap on the metal wall. The voice seems familiar. Hi mate, there's nay fucking bog paper in this trap. Gonna fucking well slide is over some. I'm going to say sure and share a moan about the poor maintenance of the bog when a face slaps into my head and my blood runs cold. But it can't be. Not here. It just fucking well can't be. I look under the space at the bottom of the partition, a gap of about 10 inches, a nice pair of black shoes, but they've got segs in them and the socks. The socks are white. <laughs> I instinctively pull my own trainered feet away from the edge as the voice menacing, menacingly shouts, get a fucking move on. <laughs> Shakingly, I take some paper from the dispenser and slowly slide it under the door. All right, the voice gruff, gruffly mumbles. As I pull on my shreddies and trousers, I reply, no bother, putting on a p as posh a voice as I can, as all the time sweating in sheer terror. I quickly exit without washing my hands. Dirty bastard. I can see Rab, Nicky, ah, fuck, we don't need to do that bit. He's just, uh, Scarper's out of there, quick smart. So that's obviously uh, done slightly different for the film, which we'll get to, but it's, it's really good and it's... Begley has a version of that as well, doesn't he? Yes, I don't have that down though. Does he think it's him? Beg no, he doesn't think it's him, but he goes through the, the whole scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> Probably why I don't have it down, so. So here's Jem uh, doing uh, page 250 into 251. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Terry looks a bit doubtful at all this. I'm nearly going shagging the door without blowing my muck in her. <laughs> Remember, Terry, this is not sex. This is acting. This is performance. Doesn't it matter whether you're enjoying it or not. Of course I'm enjoying it. It's a spice of life, he says. Because <laughs> you and me, we're just cocks. That's all we are. The lassies rule. In the background, I've got Ronnie and Ursula going through a routine and Craig's fucking Wanda, who's lying like a corpse. They're just wallpaper as I'm setting up the main action to the fore. I'm ready. <laughs> Terry says, finding wood, as Rab looks inscrutably on. The cunt Grant is holding things up with the light. 
Then we're ready to go. He nods at Rab and Vince announces we're running on sound. Action! So we're rolling as Nikki gobs hard in Melanie's arsehole and works on it. Gina sucks Terry's knob and Mel, crab-like above, is ready to lower herself onto it. Then, just as she descends, the door goes and Big Morag comes in. Simon, oh, she gobs, her eyes popping out her It's It's uh, the man for the Sunday meal. They've a photographer. She, she turns her head and heads out the door, slamming the door. Sunday fucking mail photographer. What the? At the back of my mind, I'm thinking that I've got a leaf leaf business against drugs meeting tonight. But that's in a while. Then I hear a scream behind me. I turn and see Mel slipped and her full weight falling on top of Terry. Ah, you can't! She wails in agony. Melanie is up and you say, Oh, Terry, I'm sorry. The door just went and I got a fright and I slipped. It's Terry's cock. <laughs> It's like he's ruptured a fucker. It's crumpled. It's black and blue and red. He's screaming and Nikki's phoning an ambulance on our mobby. And I'm thinking, the fucking Sunday mail. What the fuck are we going to do with his cock's knackered? <laughs> he's my leading fucking man. Rob, take charge here. Get Terry out to the hussy. But what? The fucking presser downstairs. <laughs> I'll probably do. <laughs> Intermittent cool. Scottish accent there. Absolutely. Fantastic stuff. Okay, so 263 um, is more evidence of Begbie's increasing paranoia regarding uh, his sexuality, <laughs> shall we say. Uh, Didn't you think you've got any Rod Stewart, Mikey goes? Used to have, but she moved out and took loads of my records. Franco looks at him. Get them fucking back off the cunt. Can he have a fucking card school without... Rod Stewart, that's what you do at a fucking card school. Get pissed, sing Rod, Stu- Rod Stewart. You can't fucking beat it, you cunt. You see the, the pictures of Rod Stewart in the inside of that CD, Norrie goes. He's done up in drag, like an old tart in one of them. And there's one where he's dressed up like a puff. A pure mind at day pictures. Rod Stewart had his hair slicked back with a moustache and a pair of glasses. I'm saying now, but, because I can see the reaction from Franco. What are you fucking saying, Nari? <laughs> it's just this album, this greatest hits album. He's dressed like a bird in one picture and done up like a puff in another. Begbie starts shaking. What do you mean he's dressed like a puff? You think Rod Stewart's a fucking puff? Rod fucking Stewart. <laughs> Is that what you're fucking saying? I know, Franco, I didn't even know if he's a puff or not. Nari laughs. Malky sees the signs and all. Come on, Frank, deal the cards. Mikey says, Rod Stewart's not a puff. He shagged that Brit Eklund. Did you see her in that film with that Callan boy? The one where they were filmed up in the Highlands. Franco's not hearing anything, but he says again to Nori, so if you think Rod Stewart's a puff, you must think that any cunt that likes Rod Stewart's a puff and all. No, no, I'm not saying that. It's too late, man. I look away, but I hear a crash and some shouts. And when I turn back around, I can't see Nori's face because it's like he's got a black mask on. (laughs) But it's just a cowl of blood because Franco's well and broke the bottle of Jack all over his head. Oh, Franco, man. There was still some nips in that bottle, Mikey moans. (laughs) As Franco stands up and heads towards the door. Fucking brilliant. This one is, I should nearly put this in connecting lines 
because it's uh, it's become such a a running team, if you like. But uh, I'll just read it quickly. This is Derek Connolly. Simon explains to me. Derek is a professional actor, and he's going to coach us. You might have seen him in such things on the box as uh, the Scottish villain in The Bill, Casualty, Emmerdale, and Tigers. Yes, that's all I'm mentioning. That. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Terry, uh, Derek actually uh, clarifies. Actually, I was an advocate in Taggart. Uh, yeah, we love Taggart on uh, Junk the Lambs. And one other bit of good writing is on page 467. This is actually my favourite bit of writing in the whole book, I think. So this is Renton um, finally being spotted by Begbie towards the end of the book. Uh, my spirits... Spirits... <laughs> <laughs> My spirits soar as I see a queue at the cash point at the foot of the walk. There's a drunk trying to operate it. I approach the cunt cautiously, anxiety oozing out of me. I can hear some guys shouting threats at each other in Junction Street. You miss this atmosphere in Amsterdam. This atmosphere of barely repressed casual violence and aggression. This procession of paranoia. It just doesn't exist over there. Come on, mate, sort it out. Then I hear a familiar voice and it cuts me in two. And by a wrenching effort of will, I look across the road in its direction. Begbie, shouting into a mobile phone. Then he sees me and stands, open-mouthed, outside the central bar. He momentarily is paralysed by shock. We both are. Then he snaps the phone shut and and roars, Renton! (laughs) I love you! No, he doesn't say that. My blood is frozen in my veins and all I can see is Frank Begbie tearing across the road towards me, face contorted with rage and it's like he'll just run right past me and do some cunt else because he doesn't know me now and I'm nothing to do with him anymore. But I know it's me that he wants and it's going to be a bad one and I should run, but I can't. In those few seconds, life's shredded into a million thoughts. I reflect how hopeless and ludicrous my martial arts training was. All that training and practice will count for nothing. It's all shorn away by the expression on his face. I can't abstract anything because an old childhood tape is playing relentlessly in my head. Begbie equals evil equals fear. I am in total paralysis of will. The parts of me that envision the simple adoption of the Wado Rio stance, blocking his blow, ramming his nose into his brain with the palm of my hand or sidestepping his lunge and elbowing his temple. Yes, they are present but their feeble impulses, easily overwhelmed by the mortifying fear that I'm slow dancing with. Begbie's coming at me and I can't do anything. I can't shout. I can't plead. There's nothing I can do. Yeah, I love that. The, the one thing I always remember from porno for years after reading it was that Renton <laughs> in Capla. Because you can literally hear. I can see him. You can see Robert Carlyle and you can hear him. Um, so yeah, that's my favourite bit. It's a good bit. So that's good writing. Uh, disturbing writing, I suppose we'd have to just, we're not going to read them, but we'd have to just throw in the the, the rape the stuff. The rape scene is pretty, it's it's as bad as I guess. From, yeah. It's from pretty, from Miles and Fairness, it's pretty poor. Yeah. And obviously the, the assault of Begbie's ex, June, as well. Yeah. The other one, the only other one I have for disturbing, um, and I have it just here on the L computer screen, I'm going to read it. It's a... It's when uh, Renton goes to visit El Seeker. So Seeker is another frightening character who's another drug dealer in the area. He's kind of like the 
he was the second choice drug dealer after El Swanee in mm. Transpotten. And I believe Begbie goes on to kill him in one of the later books. Well, not in the book, but it's, it's said in the book. But uh, when Renton goes to visit him, so I just have a, I'll just read it here. I never really know how to respond under su- such circumstances. I check a David Holmes flyer from the vaults, which is on Seeker's wall. I bet that was a good night, I remark, pointing to it. Seeker ignores me, looking at a, <laughs> looking at a, a box full of condoms he has under his bed. This was from a student bird from Substantial English Lassie, he continues. And for a brief moment, I sense, I have a sense of them actually being women, melted and diminished into a strip of pink rubber by some laser that comes from Seeker's cock. This one here, he points to, which is a tinted brown. This was a bird I met in the Windsor one night. <laughs> Fucked her always in every hole, he tells me, before hissing out the standard sequence. Moot. Fanny arse. <laughs> I could see Seeker on top of some daft wee lassie, him fucking her arse, her gritting her teeth in pain with the warnings of parents and mates about keeping the wrong company. A ruthless soundtrack to her pain and discomfort. Maybe she would even try to snuggle up with the cunt after in order to con herself that it was all her choice, a real collusion, not something akin to rape. Maybe she'd just get the fuck out of there as soon as possible. Seeker's piss hole in the snow eyes flit over to another condom. That was a right dirty wee whore, that one. I fucked her big time. He was well known for trying to get birds to bang up. Mikey Forrester and him would give them skag and then fuck them while they were bombed. They loved getting lassies hooked, then fucking them for fixes. I'm looking at Seeker and thinking how people let badness adapt them narrow and define their possibilities for so little reward. What's he getting out of it all? A poke at a corpse. So uh, yeah, that's pretty disturbing that a man, yeah, talk about notches on your bedpost, but actually keeping the fucking condoms that you've used. That's not good. That's not good. good. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> bad. Why would you keep your old spunk? Well, seeker. He wasn't just keeping old spunk by the looks of it. There's mm. other bodily things involved as well. <laughs> So that's disturbing stuff. Uh, let's go on to connecting lines. <laughs> we turned into a Star Wars podcast all of a sudden. Everyone! <laughs> uh, so there's fucking loads of connecting lines here, obviously. Um, lots of characters from previous books. Uh, we get our Lexo, mm. who, who we... For- we last seen in blue. He kind of turned over a new leaf. He was yeah. He's a bit afraid of a well, baby. obviously, yeah, yeah. But he was the big. Well, he was one of the big wigs, yeah. Yeah, but he was a big hard cunt as well. Oh, he was, yeah. So when baby comes back, he uh, changes the tune. Yeah, well, Lexo was involved, obviously, in the old Marabou Stork mm. horrible rape as well. Yeah. Well, he, he was Who involved. Knows? Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Um, he's mentioned in Filt. But he turned up in glue and he was a changed man. He was working at a film festival. Yeah. And, you know, so obviously he's kind of toned down a bit. He's more house trained now. So he's mm. kind of obviously going to be lower down the pecking order to Begbie, as most people would be. Uh, good old Larry is, yeah, is in this as well. Larry. He's certainly still in the tick of things and he's hanging around with Begbie for a good bit of this. Uh, he, of course, of the Acid House. And he's also in glue as well, old Larry. Begbie doesn't trust him. No, well, I wonder why. <laughs> he certainly he doesn't. Really does uh, Larry stabbed uh, one of his mates in the stomach in Glare, yeah. didn't he? 
I'm a fat lad who, instead of going to the hospital, carried on taking more heroin and then had to really go to the hospital. Uh, Donnelly. Um, yeah, that's the guy's name. Donnelly is the first person that begged be killed, and that's the guy from Mikey Forrester's Flash and yeah. Trainspotting. Uh, Ensign Carl Ewish. Rab, Burl, Juice Terry, all from Glue. Mikey Forrester, again, as we mentioned him there in the Rod Stewart moment. He's just as fucking scummy as ever. He, he's worse than ever in this book. Um, I mentioned Sean, Begbie's son, Sean, who appears in the later book, The Blade Artist, and is killed. He's only one son in the film. Yes, he does indeed. They don't bring in the whole uh, fighting sons and murdered son. Stop, stab your brother. Yeah. See him. Uh, Charlene, Rab's girlfriend, is mentioned. Seeker, as we've just mentioned. Uh, the Doyles, the infamous Doyles from Acid House and I mean, Glue. Every, every yeah, they're kind of like the. Who are they like? They're not really in it, but they're mentioned an awful lot. Mm. A bit like. Uh, Local hoodlums. <laughs> like the boogeyman. Yes. Um, and the Beast is mentioned, aka mm. Bruce Robertson's dad, is mentioned by Sick Boy when he said he'd rather share a prison cell with him than Begby. <laughs> Which is pretty bad. Um, and that's connecting lines. Well, the beast would only pound one area of you. Uh, you pound every area of Oh, he would, indeed. Mm. Um, yeah, overall thoughts, James? Very good. Thanks. <laughs> best book so far. Good. Do you want to elaborate on that? It's the best book I've read from Irvine Welsh. Is so it, far. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was very good. Very good. It's better than the film. Whereas the train spot film is better than the book. And I think this the book is better than the film than this one. Yeah, but the, I mean, the bones of it are obviously the same as the book or the film, but, you know, the film, which we'll obviously get to, relies a lot more on just the kind of nostalgia yeah, element. Yeah. Um, I thought it ends, it ends very well. There's a nice little twist at the end. Mm, yeah, that's good. It's a good ending. Yeah. You don't actually see the twist coming, which is good. No, you don't. But I suppose when you think about it, it's Obviously, almost, when you think about it after it, you say, ah, right. yeah, but at the time. Yeah, no, you don't see it coming. There's no real yeah. clues to it. It's just, the, you know, the, he kind of repeats really what the twist, I suppose, at yeah. the end of Train Spotting, you know. That's a bit more elaborate, this one. A little bit, a little bit. Um, yeah, I suppose the main thing I took out of this, uh, we've obviously said that Renton is the weakest character, considering he was probably my favourite character from, from Train Spotting originally. The fact that he's just more normal and socially accepting, mm. accepted in this book, it just makes him more boring, really. Yeah, it makes him less interesting. He, he's the straight man in a world full of fucking losers and lunatics, lunatics yeah, yeah. you know. Um, it's, heroin makes him interesting, unfortunately, for him. He's got back on it. Well, he, I suppose he does in Skag Boys. That's a prequel. But yeah, he's quite good in that. Uh, Spud story, as you say. It's most, horrible. It's yeah, horrible. Most depressing by far in the book. Um, probably making him the most true to life character in the mm. book as well. Certainly true to life. In yeah, Chucky generally don't have a good ending. No, not new. They, they don't really don't last that long either. Yeah, so. he's well, he he, he lasts a while, alright. Yeah. Um, as you say, Nikki, she gets a lot of pages here, and is pro- I'd say she's one of the strongest female characters Welch has written to date. She's still not great. No, but as I say, it's it's not a bad. Uh, story that she goes through, uh, much like Renton in in Trainspot, and I think she's kind of used and abused at times. But she tries to make out that she's in control when yeah. she's not. Yeah, 
But uh, she does learn tricks of the trade as the time goes on and the book goes on and to the point of being, I suppose, the winner at the end of it. Mm. Um, but obviously, Begby is fucking magnificent <laughs> in this. His, his insanity boils over at times that it's it's even more hilarious than it was in Trainspotting. He's literally like two seconds away at any time from mm. just killing someone. It's just... <laughs> It's completely fucking deranged. Yeah, and it's absolutely impossible not to picture Robert Carlyle no, the whole no. time. Um, Sick Boy, who, again, it's Sick Boy's book, you could argue. It's certainly his story that mm. it started out with. He's very funny at times. There's little hints to humanity in him, as we say, with, you know, paying maintenance, that which yeah, you there's, question. There's just few enough. Bits he does ease up a bit with his mates, but then it all goes head over heels again um, but overall he's just a classic scumbag he's, he's basically Begbie without the violence mm. um, him and Juice Terry are always good together and the mind games that he plays with everyone especially Begbie and even Renton kind of make him you know, obviously a very important part of the book uh, the plot is quite thin mm. really but I suppose let's face it so is Trainspotting it's, it's the it's what it says about society in Trainspotting more so than the plot that wasn't important. In this, the plot is possibly a bit more important because it's just a sequel about the characters. It's not yeah. a sequel about fucking heroin. Mm. It's, a, it's a sequel about pornography. But, um, pornography. I was purchasing pornography. Indeed. But I suppose once you take away the themes of the book, in both books, you know, addiction, whether it's drugs or sex or violence, it's for or some drink. people. Yes. Um, along with the, you know, there's still the, the running themes like poverty, crime, bro- and then the kind of classic storyline themes that you get in all books with broken friendships and betrayal. You're basically left with a crime caper storyline. Mm. Uh, but that part's just as fun as it was in the one in Trainspotting. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Overall, a fun book. Um, most sequels fail because they, they try and outdo the original. I don't think this one does try. Which just makes it a, a kind of an entertaining bonus. Like Sharknado 2. Indeed. Well, I must check that out. Well, the book. Yeah. Now, don't say it, but marks out of five. What do I give? <laughs> <laughs> I the last one. But fuck knows if I remember <laughs> what, what you did. the last book we done? The last book we done was probably glue. What was glue about? Ah, it was about solvents and <laughs> friendships and Juice Terry. It's about Juice Terry. Oh, that wasn't a date though. I think I gave it a four, didn't I? Yeah, I think you might have actually, yeah. I'll give this one a four and a half. Oh, that's possibly your strongest ever. I think it is. Yeah, that's pretty high. I'm only it giving is. it a four. No, I give it a four. Uh, nearly all the other books, or some parts of it, I didn't want to read. Mm-hmm. And I just said, oh, God. But this one, I read the whole way through. You see. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's been a while, so uh, I can't well, remember. Well, you've, much you've done it now. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, true. But yeah, no, it was, it was the best one I read. Good stuff. It seems that uh, the theme of pornography was to your liking. Um, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> but no, that wouldn't have been... I think the pornography was just in the background, really. It was, yeah. It's just a, a, a plot... Uh, not yeah. even a plot point. It was just a gimmick to yeah. use for the book more than anything. Yeah. But uh, no, it was a good one. And obviously we will do Trainspotting 2, which is a... A loose adaptation of this, if you like. Um, like your bells recently. <laughs> when was the last time you watched Trainspotting 2? I only watched it once. I, I, I have it in there, so. Ah, you shouldn't get it. 
Well, do you know something? I'm wondering, run this by you now while we're live on air. We could do a watch along for that. Yeah? I don't know how that works. But Basically, yeah. we watch the film with the mic set up and we just talk about it as we're watching it. Hey, Mike! Talk to me, Mike! And then anyone else who's listening to us can do the same thing. They can watch the film and listen to us talk about it as we're doing it. Sad bastards, but yeah, I like that. You go for a crack or open a couple yeah, of yeah. brewskis, sir. Definitely. I'm I'll fucking, what's that, about two, two and a half hours? Jesus, it's not. It's not fucking Lord of the Rings. Probably is about two hours now that you mentioned. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely not two and a half. All right, grand, yeah. yeah. We'll sort that out soon. Maybe on a less clammy night. Fuck me, it's clammy tonight. Yes. So that is porno. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. Better than ever, some would say. Others would be saying, no, you're worse. <laughs> Well, let's just hope we still have listeners. We still have subscribers. Unless they chop their ears off or died, I think yeah. we should. Hopefully we're still, this when it's uploaded, will come as a notification for them on their devices. And Tell I must say, what I think, for thanks for the support to people who've been asking where the fuck we've been. Fair play, none, none of that shit comes through to me, but thanks anyway. No, I did close down the Twitter account because I was just getting messages from Russian porn bots. And I don't see the problem. <laughs> Ah, you know, it gets complicated with Ukraine and whatnot. I didn't want to be seen to be taking sides. Just don't have a flag on when you're doing it. <laughs> but the Instagram's still up. Uh, we get messages there, Facebook. I'm not on either of them. No. Well, why don't you kind of spearhead the whole Twitter campaign again? <laughs> Are you still on Twitter? I'm on the Twitter. How yeah. many uh, followers have you got on Twitter? I don't know. Well, check that out. Uh, when this is up, I'll send you a link and you can retweet away. You, your job is to try and get Urban's attention and see if he'll... Uh, I don't know how Twitter really works, so just look at it. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll look into that sort of shit. But yeah. Uh, all sorts of weirdos looking at Absolutely. So yeah, we'll do the book next. That we're going to do crime, as I say, we're definitely going to do... We're going to do the crime TV show. How are we doing show. crime? The TV show. I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about that. I don't know. Do we want to do per episode or do we just want to do an overall discussion of it? Many episodes? It's about eight there, episodes. There's six episodes. Six, yeah. I don't know. Was there much in each it's episode? It's an hour each, so it's probably a bit much for a single. Might do mm. two at a time or something. Maybe. Two at uh, breaking into two, yeah? Yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. I'll do it. I need to finish watching it first. Me too. Um, well, I, I do. Me too. Well, you, yeah. you do. You do. Uh, I do want to finish it. We're spurred on by crime now because obviously the sequel book is coming out. So we want to do the crime book. But also, it's just been released on uh, RTE. Radio television for yes. the, uh, international so listeners. Any of our, uh, yeah, but any of our Irish listeners can now watch it legally. Mm. And like we, well, like we did. In we the won't past. do, yeah, we won't do a watch along for crime. I don't, no, <laughs> don't really, no. But uh, we will discuss it at some point. Um, so we're kind of breaking the whole chronological order here, big time. But Welch isn't helping that by releasing. You know, TV adaptations and sequels to books. You can't rely on the Welsh. I think the the next book would have been Sex Lives of the Master Chefs or something. I started reading it. Chicken Ranch and Milltown. <laughs> it's not one of them. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Strip club that was in uh, Milltown. Really? Years yeah? ago, yeah. Okay. You know about that, but you don't know about the fucking pornos that were going on in the video shop down the road. No, sure. When we used to go to Garmatch, you'd drive by it. Oh, it yeah. Chicken ranch. Drive by it. a town smaller than our clock and had a strip club in it. Jeez, oh, I it, never knew about that. It didn't have, The Chicken Ranch. Surely seen it. I've heard it. I would have told you. I, I have heard the, the name Chicken Ranch, but yeah. I thought it was a That's lot further afield. <laughs> right up to crack of the ass. Pretty much so, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's it. 
Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for your patience. Nothing to see here. James having another brew. Actually, why not? Hey, I see you all. Slow. There we go. We finished for that crack. <laughs>